Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Be curious to hear Glenn's thoughts on that as well. But right now, we will go out on to the Western Pizza Hotline. We are very pleased to be joined by the man who runs the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, uh, who's coming in to be interviewed not once but twice by Pete Pasco today. Kyle McIntyre, welcome to the program. Hey, good afternoon. How are you guys today? Doing good. Good, good. I've uh, I've got my little pharmacy set up on my desk here, so mm-hmm. we're going to power through because we don't miss a shift. Um, <clears throat> a lot of news has been made lately, and much has been made about the players jumping from league to league. Elliot Friedman even tweeted about it. How many inquiries have you been having to field about, I don't want to say the chaos, but the uncertainty of the future of the Canadian Junior A Hockey League? Well, you know what? Uh, There is a counter-narrative that's going on right now. I would say that uh, right now, uh, the CJHL is probably as strong as it's ever been. Uh, All nine leagues and commissioners are united. Uh, uh, We're on the cusp of a brand-new relationship with Hockey Canada where we're going to be taking on some more responsibility for the oversight and management of junior A hockey. So there's lots of positive things that are occurring right now, and... uh, yeah, there was a defection of some teams to the BCHL, and and you know, and you could probably do an entire program on what the motivations were or, or were not, and and so certainly the uh, the plate tectonics of junior A hockey have been shifting a little bit, uh, and and there has been some rumblings, and most of my inquiries are from the media, uh, not from people immediately involved in hockey, so I do think that uh, when all the dust settles. Uh, I think the BCHL is, uh, you know, trying to run a league that's going to compete with the USHL and the Western Hockey League, and and we in the SJHL, the MJHL, and AJHL are are going to continue to offer a quality league and and quality opportunities for uh, Western Canadian and Canadian kids. Kyle, there's a a movement afoot, and I'm not even sure who's who's spearheading it, but uh, an initiative to maybe potentially offer NCAA scholarships to kids currently playing in, well, major junior hockey, the Western League, for example. Would that hurt the SJHL if that ever happens? Well, you know what, Pete? Uh, I've been contemplating that a lot. Uh, there's a lot of differing opinions on that that whole possibility. And, and I mean, that, that, that inclusion, the NCAA, the NIL, that whole uh, narrative, all that, info, all that stuff that's going on behind the scenes, it is going to potentially impact more than the Western Hockey League. Uh, it'll include the KHL. It includes the American Hockey League. Uh, it'll include the SHL. Anyone who hasn't played more than two years. And, and I think it's a real can of worms. I think you'll see the, uh, the smaller NCAA Division I schools are, are hoping that that will make them more competitive. But I think the, the well-established, uh, more prominent NCAA Division I programs will never want that to occur. So... Although there's a narrative that's out there, again, uh, started by uh, folks in the media, I'm not sure that will come to fruition. However, if it does, I think it really opens up uh, more possibilities for, for players in junior A hockey to, 
to play U Sport or to play uh, NCAA Division Three or or ACAC or ACHA, which is also a high caliber of of college hockey in the state. So the pool is always the pool, Pete. Mm-hmm. Um, and where where the fish kind of swim from that pool, uh, that might change a little bit. But uh, I think lots has to occur before this is actually uh, going to come to fruition. Yeah, that's a good point. There, we're not going to magically create more players through an initiative like this. There's there's only as many as there are. Um, let's talk right, about your the league. Pool is the pool. Oh, sorry, sorry, Kyle. Uh, let's let's talk about your league. We're into the home stretch. Uh, about a half dozen games left for each team. I'm I'm guessing. Um, Looks like there's some nice playoff races going. I mean, first place overall, That's that was probably decided a couple of months ago. Flint Flon's going to get that. But uh, as looking at 5 through 10, there, there's some tight races there. Well, 5 through 10, even tonight, uh, Melville is hosting Kinnersley, and that's a, that's a huge 5-6 matchup. I think that the teams that from 5 to 10 that are fighting for the playoffs, no one wants to finish 8th. Uh, no one wants to face uh, Flint Flon. So, Again, we have we have a couple battles that are going on actually. So we have the the five to ten uh, tonight. Of course, Yorkton is playing Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame has been on a bit of a heater lately. Uh, they've been a spoiler. I think they're three in a row. Uh, North Battleford on the other end of the uh, spectrum. Uh, they dropped three in a row recently, and so now there's a real dogfight for second between Malford, North Battleford, and and uh, and Humble. And so it's really getting interesting. And of course, teams are running. Uh, out of airstrip or running out of landing area, there's only six games left. And so there are some teams that probably still control their fate. Uh, there will be some teams that will benefit from uh, the fate of the remaining teams uh, battling. So it's going to go right down to the wire here in the next couple of weeks for sure. You mentioned uh, teams hoping to avoid a first-round uh, matchup with Flin Flon. Is there a team that maybe if you saw them sneak into that number eight spot, you might think, well, they're... They may not beat the Bombers. They may, but they'll give them a great series anyway. Well, you know, I often think about the last couple of years, uh, Esteban has met Flin Flon uh, in the league final or in the in playoffs uh, last last three years, and they have had absolute epic battles. So last year, of course, uh, Esteban uh, took Flin Flon to Game 7, and if it were not for a uh, the ghost of the Whitney Forum uh, with a ricochet off the glass, uh, they might have very well have, have upset the Bombers. And so I think if Esteban, they got a tough schedule to finish uh, this season. If they end up in that eighth spot, uh, there's certainly a team that's capable of, of uh, giving the Bombers a heck of a match, or if not defeating them. I'll put you on the spot, Kyle. What's the nicest facility in the SJHL? We had Cal Gratton on yesterday uh, to talk about the Northern Lights Palace. I know the one in Esteban is beautiful. Can you pick one? You know, it's tough to pick one. Um, I mean, they're they're like both Melville and Esteban have have the newest facilities, and, and certainly both those are are beautiful buildings. But you know, then you got some historical buildings like you have uh, Crescent Point in in Weyburn is a a classical Junior A arena, and of course, then you got the Whitney Forum, which which has a lot of its own kind of mystique and history and and nuances around it. Um, you know, the Northern Lights Palace is a it's a terrific junior A rink. Humboldt's got a great junior A rink. Uh, Kindersley has uh, made lots of uh, renovations and added new seats, and, and that's always a great uh, sheet of ice to play on. So there's a lot of real great buildings in the league. Um, I, I like all of them for differing reasons. Um, you know, like even, even the Mel Hagelin in LaRange, like 
the fans are absolutely right on top of you in that building. And and when LaRange is in the hunt and when they're in the playoffs and it's a weekend match, uh, they're just like the riders, uh, a 13th man. It, it's really like having a, a sixth man, that crowded Mel Hagelin. So uh, every rink, uh, every team uh, has its own rink. And, and really, if you look at the division that uh, Melfort and, and LaRange and Flintflon are in, every single team in that division their home ice gives them an advantage for a different reason. Let's uh, let's get a quick update on the Yorkton Terriers. For folks who don't know, uh, a lot of eyebrows were raised about a month ago now when uh, uh, I guess the administration of the Terriers basically came out and said, we need more fans through the gates or we may not be around long term. Um, and of course, folks listening should be well acquainted with the Yorkton Terriers. Uh, all their games air on our affiliate station, GX94, with Benny Walchuk, of course. Can you give us an update? Have things settled down, or is, is the situation still pretty tense? Well, well you know what, Pete? Um, like, junior A hockey, uh, especially in, in small communities, it's the backbone of those communities. Like, like really, what the Yorkton Terriers or the Melville Millionaires or the Nippon Hawks would offer to their community, like, like it's it's really a lifeline. It's a backbone of those communities. Like those are those are cornerstone institutions. And so, certainly when when the public and the community of Yorkton were made aware that that the Terriers were struggling financially, um, the community and and businesses and and fans certainly have uh, have come to the to the aid of the Terriers. Uh, uh, they've been working on a season ticket drive, and and right now I was uh, checking it this morning. And I think that they have over 600 season tickets sold for next season, which is which is absolutely outstanding. But as you know, in junior A hockey, you need a number of sources of income. Uh, the annual budget for a team is around 700 to 800 thousand dollars. So you have to have season tickets. You have to have corporate sponsorship. Uh, you have to have some fundraisers. Uh, you have to have lots of fundraising activities. Uh, you got to have maybe some donations, and and so certainly the terriers, uh, you know, they they put a plan in place. Uh, the season ticket drive has has been super successful, has probably uh, exceeded everyone's expectations. Um, they also have a a, a sportsman's dinner uh, coming up on April the twentieth that is going to feature uh, the legendary Shorzy star uh, Terry Ryan, and I think that's going to be a, a terrific event as well. And and I know that uh, having played in Yorkton and and uh, knowing some of the people that are leaders in that community, I know there's some community leaders that are also going to step up and, and help the Terriers. And, and again, I think that uh, uh, it's a bit of a wake-up call for everybody. I think you really got to look at having uh, multiple activities uh, in a community that has a junior A hockey team because you need all those resources to keep the team operating and to offer the players a great player experience. So I think the Terriers are going to be just fine. Um, I know they have a number of activities that they're going to announce here in, in the upcoming re- weeks, and I don't want to steal anyone's thunder, but uh, the season ticket drive has been highly successful, and, and they're just south of 600 tickets sold already. Good news. Good news. Somebody there should hit up Chris Cuthbert to, to participate in some. Maybe they already have. Uh, there's, there's a guy who called a few Yorkton Terriers games back in the day. Brendan McGuire. Yeah, that's where he had to start. That's where he had to start uh, in Yorkton. And uh, Chris was an inductee in the SJHL uh, Hall of Fame uh, two years ago in Humboldt. And uh, he really spoke fondly of his experiences with, with GX94 and, and the Yorkton Terriers. And uh, really, there's a guy who has not forgot his roots. It's, it was like really moving to, to hear Chris talk about 
how meaningful his time was with Jerry James and and with the Yorkton Terriers when he was cutting his teeth as a as a broadcaster in Yorkton. I think I've had maybe two conversations with Chris Cuthbert in my entire lifetime. One one of them was in the Ryder Media Room, and there were a couple of people who had come in from Yorkton. And apparently, every year Chris Cuthbert would come into Regina, fly into Regina, and drive out to Yorkton to visit with them. So wow. he still has some very close friends and ties to that community. Um, Kyle. We're excited about the playoff race. We will watch with added interest. Thanks for doing this. And um, don't put up with any of Pete's BS when you have to go on TV with him later. Tonight. Pete's not the one you have to worry about in that scenario. Well, I was thinking about getting a restraining order. I didn't know I 